Welcome to Get Uncomfortable with Dakota and Shay, the podcast where we discuss why we enjoy seeking out challenges and how this stimulates personal and professional growth. The goal of this podcast is to help you learn to welcome adversity into your daily routine. Through discussion, we want to show you how seeking out challenges will help you grow in all areas of your life. We plan to cover topics such as surrounding yourself with the right people, the importance of physical exertion, learning new and difficult skills, and many others. We hope you enjoy the show. All right. Uh, before you guys get into today's episode, I just wanted to say if you guys have found any value in the episode, we're so happy that you guys have been able to do that. Everybody that's tagged us on Instagram or Facebook or shared something about it or text us, we really appreciate it. And keep doing that. Keep doing that. If you if you found some value in it, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we greatly appreciate that. We love to read that. And it's going to help us get a community going as well. And that's the goal with this show is to help people build off of each other's experiences and the experiences of, of people that we interview. Um, so thank you guys so much for everybody who has done that. Um, today's show is brought to you by EnlightenedAthlete.com. So make sure you head over to EnlightenedAthlete.com and get your free copy of the Enlightened Athlete Nutrition Protocol. It's a PDF guide. Uh, it's done for you. It helps you set up your nutrition for success with sustainable science-backed techniques and protocols to get you moving in the right direction. There's no fad diets. There's nothing that's unsustainable. It teaches you what real food is, how to work that real food into your busy lifestyle, and how to make it a long-term part of your life. That is the key to success. Um, that's what we're passionate about here is helping people change their life for the long haul. So before uh, you listen to this, I'm just going to warn you, this episode is a little somber. Uh, it's not all uh, fun and games like some of the other ones we've been able to do. Um, it was just the time of the year. It's a it's an annual event that happens for me. So I thought that it would be good to share this with everybody. So enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. All right, what's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Get Uncomfortable. I'm your host, Shay. This is a solo episode today. I didn't know what to do today's episode on. There was a lot of different things that we could do, but around the time of me recording this episode, it just so happened that there is a yearly event in my life that comes up that I think aligns perfectly with this show um, and the theme, obviously, of getting uncomfortable. If you listen to the last episode with my guest Greg Everett, uh, the world-renowned Olympic weightlifting coach, I'd highly recommend listening to that episode. <clears throat> we talked about, you know, this this show is not about creating a general sense of uneasiness. I have had some people say things like, well, why would you want to prepare for the show? Or why would you have... Why would you send a list of, of questions to someone or, or topics or how, why would you produce the show at all? That's insanity, right? You're talking about making a bad show. This is not about making a bad show. This is about providing value to people. And the way to do that is to tease out the lessons and tease out the value in people's situations. The show is not about just, just creating a general sense of uneasiness. Like getting uncomfortable is so much more than that. I'm ranting a little bit here, but the idea is to use adversity to teach you something, to help you grow and advance where you are in life currently. It is not about 
being psychologically wrecked by setbacks and obstacles, but it's seeing those setbacks and obstacles as opportunity to become a better version of you. I think that's super important. Uh, And now, being a parent, I know that that is one of the most important things that you can do. The best thing that you can do for the world is to work on yourself. That is a that is a good philosophy. I feel um, Ram Dass, who I've talked about on the show many times. It almost sounds like I prob- I'm not I'm not paid by uh, the Ram Dass Network. I promise. the The quote he has is like the best thing you can do for me is to work on you, and I think that that's real. I was talking with one of my clients about this today. Like you can't put a bandaid on your things that you have had happen to you in your life. Uh, if you have anger issues, if you have uh, depressive episodes, if you have uh, anything, just severe trauma, PTSD, if you have all of these things, you can't just put a band-aid on that and bury it down and then say, I'm going to be the best uh, version of me that I can be for my family. You have to work through that stuff as uncomfortable as that is. That's why <clears throat> the story I'm going to tell you today, uh, that's exactly what the story is about, uh, doing that. So every year, if you listen to episode number eight with my brother Christian, uh, we, we touched on this a little bit, but we lost our mother. And this was, I mean, I think I was 15 at the time and I'm 30 now. So it's been 15 years. But the day that that happened, that day, like on the calendar month, on the calendar day, I'm sorry, in the month that it happened, every single year, like in April on this very day, uh, and it's not today. This was actually a couple of days ago that this happened. But every every year on that day, mm, I have some sort of trauma response. I guess I, I would call it. Um, I was talking with one of my friends and and one of my clients who um, said, "There's a book I need to read. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. So it's about how your body and your your muscles, the muscular system, the the nervous system can hold on to trauma. So if you experience something that's very traumatic at a certain time in your life, your body will hold on to that continually. I don't know all the science on this. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have just figured this out throughout the years that every year around the same time, this happens to me. And this, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to talk about this. I've never talked about this publicly, uh, but I feel like potentially maybe this will help somebody put their finger on it because when my wife and I, we figured this out because I'd go in the cycle every year, every year, every year. And it would be like, I would just go off the rails in the beginning. You know, in the first five, six years, it was like on the the week leading up to it, the week after it, the, the two weeks after it sometimes, it's like, I'm just off the rails. I'm mentally unstable. I'm emotionally fragile. I'm, I'm overreacting to everything. I can't handle stress. I just like, it just like broke me. And it, it, it's so strange because now, 15 years out, when this happened again, I'm not thinking of it. I'm not like dwelling on it and thinking like, oh, this is this is the anniversary. This is the time that it happens. I don't even think about it. I don't even recognize it I'm, because I'm not wallowing in it. I'm not, I'm not stuck in it. I, I've processed it. I've dealt with it. But my body is still holding on to it. It's very, very strange. Uh, I really need to 
uh, I need to read that book and I, I need to talk to some more people about this, look into it more deeply, but this is just my experience. And when that happens, I can tell because it hits me out of the blue. Like I just wake up in the morning. Now it's, now it's a day. It's, it's, it was only a day this year. It was on the day, one day, the day after actually, but it was only one day. And I could just feel it. Like when I woke up, it was just like this strange sense of uh, physical and emotional trauma is what it felt like. I felt like, man, I've been going, I went through something traumatic. Like my hands were shaky. My heart rate was constantly elevated. I had this looming sense of anxiety throughout the entire day. I felt like any, I felt like right under the surface, I was ready to start screaming and crying at the same time at anybody that said anything to me. I couldn't handle any extra stress. I couldn't handle, uh, you know, having to turn on. Like we, we, we put on a mask when we go to work. We put on a mask when we uh, do these, when I do this show. Like there's a certain side of me that we access, and that's normal. That's life. That's humans. That's how we behave socially and get along socially. You have to, uh, you have to be productive in society. You have to be social with other people. Otherwise, you're, you're bound to fail. So that's just what we do. But I, when I feel like that, I couldn't do it. And I couldn't put my finger on it at all when it was happening. And it was, uh, I was like, shit, man, why do I feel this way? And then I was talking to my wife after work. I called and she's like, well, do you know what, what yesterday was? And I was like, oh, okay, okay, you're right. And then when I could put my finger on it, it made me feel a lot better. I was like, that's why. That's why this isn't just random. It, it makes me feel better when I'm able to, uh, I guess, stop process and label it instead of just like letting the the wave of emotion carry me through everywhere and I'm all over the place and it's controlling me. I remember the first time we figured it out, it it uh, it lifted it lifted a big weight off of me because I could put my finger on why I was feeling that way. It was like there's a reason, and then it didn't feel so uh, random and, and hopeless. Like it was like, okay, now I have the solution. I know that I can process that. I know that I can allow myself to feel this instead of having to fight with myself the entire time and reject these feelings and understand that it's okay. And that it's, it's a part of life. It's part of the healing process, I think. And I think it coming out is my body working through it because it has gotten better every year. But I, I, Last year, I didn't, I don't remember it as much, but I'm, I'm sure that it's happened every single year. But last year was the first year I had a kid. And when I went in to do the EMDR, which if anybody out there is struggling with something like this, I would highly recommend you do EMDR, go to therapy. Like there should not be a stigma against therapy because I've had so many people talk to me about it and they're like, that's for crazy people. No. No, that's that's not the case. Like it is not for crazy people. Like everybody has some sort of trauma, you know, self-confidence issues, body issues, whatever that is. Like there should be no stigma against against therapy because it it is such a beneficial tool. It's it's just like how I when I work with people in the gym or we do nutrition stuff, there's multiple methods that work right? Like there's a lot of ways to get to the top of the same mountain. There's a lot of different paths to the top. And if I say this is the only way that works and all these other ways are crazy and they don't work, I'm doing a disservice to not only myself by, you know, limiting the amount of clients I'm going to have. 
and the amount of success that I'm going to have as a coach, but I'm also doing a disservice to my clients because they're not getting a full toolkit uh, as far as, as their goals, right? And in my book, therapy is just another one of those tools that you can use to move you along the path of overcoming whatever it is that you're holding on to, whatever it is that's keeping you from growing and evolving and being a better person, being less angry, being less depressed, feeling less anxious, uh, not having so much resentment for something that happened to you, being able to process and let go of those feelings. When we harbor those negative feelings for so long, the only person that that's hurting is you. Nobody knows you're holding on to that unless you're telling everybody. But still, those people are not going to feel it the way that you feel it. When you are holding on to that internally and you have the hate for someone or the disdain and the resentment for a situation that you had no control over, that does nothing but hurt you. Uh, And there's many tools, many, many tools to use. But therapy should be one of those because therapists are trained. Therapists understand the mind. Therapists uh, can give you coping mechanisms to use that you can apply immediately. It's amazing. Uh, and I'm biased. My wife is a therapist, but, uh, I got lucky, you know, having her in my life because she's allowed me to identify these cycles and, and given me feedback on how I can, what can I do? What can I change? Why did that make me feel this way? How are you feeling right now? Like diving in and doing that deep work that is getting uncomfortable. And I've talked about that before, but it really is. And it's something that you have to do. Because now that I have a daughter, I feel like it is my duty to not let my faulty, you know, defense mechanisms, the things that are trying to keep me safe, keep my ego safe, it's my duty to not let those derail my life and in turn her life. It's my job to, like, I don't need to react to her in such a negative way because it triggers something in me because I haven't dealt with it. It's my job to deal with that. Uh, And I truly believe that that is a responsibility that I chose when I decided to have a kid. It was, you know, it was not a a flippant decision on our part to have a child. We were very measured about it. And um, in fact, I was terrified about it when we started talking about it because of my childhood, I think. So dealing with all of that allowed me to, you know, make the decision that I'm not going to let these faulty mechanisms that I've developed over time dictate how I operate. And therapy was one fantastic way that I could deal with that. Um, How would I put it? Like the EMDR stuff, like for me, I was so dialed in on what my issue was that I needed to deal with, the trauma that I had to process and the beliefs that I had to dispel that uh, when I went and talked to the therapist I was seeing, she said, you seem very in tune with what, what is uh, bothering you and what, what you need to work on because I had thought about it every single day for you know, 12 years. So uh, I got pretty dialed in on it. So when I did it, I only had to do it one time and then it worked and it fixed it and it processed that trauma and I can't even tell you how different my life has been since on that. But that's why this this occurrence that happens to me every year is so strange and I haven't figured out how to completely... Um, process through that I have much healthier ways of dealing with it like I said it was only one day this year that I could even feel that I woke up 
you know, the next day and I felt fine. Um, I went and worked out. I did some meditation. I did some, some breath work. Um, I'll do some, uh, you know, bioenergetic catharsis is what a guy I used to watch on YouTube called it. Uh, it's where you just put on some like crazy music, like drums beating at a fast pace and, and, and like chanting and all sorts of stuff. And you just shake your body and you just let sounds out and you, you feel it and you just let the emotions come. And as you're shaking, you just keep moving your body. Like, because if your body is storing that energy or, or that, that emotion and that trauma, I feel like, and I'm not the only one who says this, you know, you express yourself, you express the, the, the emotion, you shake that shit out. Like, and you move your body and you feel it and you let these sounds out and these guttural sounds come out and these, you know, you let that happen. I'm kind of getting in that, that, that headspace right now as I'm saying it. I can feel it. It helps me process it. And I'm not stuck in it then. That, it allows me to not be stuck in that. I can feel it and I can kind of move through it and I have, I have healthy mechanisms to deal with that versus going and getting smashed or, or wallowing in it and letting it, you know, burn bridges with people and, and be rude and mean to people, I can process that now. So it's strange that the EMDR worked for that, but my body still holds on to the effects of the trauma. So, uh, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure this out myself as well. Um, and obviously I'm not a doctor, so, you know, don't, uh, don't do any of this stuff without consulting a, a professional. If, if you're worried about some adverse side effects, there's always, there's always going to be something that's possible. So be smart about it obviously. Um, but you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to do the episode on this. Um, but I, I felt like if this show is about, is really about using adversity and trauma and, and setbacks, challenges, failures for growth, I feel like I have to talk about this a little bit. I try not to talk about it very much in my normal life. I try not to make it a big deal because it happened and it's it's there's nothing you can do about it. But it is strange that there is these residual this residual effect that happens yearly at the same exact time. And I'm sure it has to do with, you know, the weather changing. So um, you know, your circadian rhythm is changing. It's in Nebraska here we have uh daylight savings time, so that switch probably has something to do with it along with the smells and the sounds the weather changing and I'm sure there's certain uh, holidays and things that, you know, the marketing was subliminal or, or subconscious even to me, like you hear mother's day uh, advertisements on the radio or on the TV. And it was, you know, I remember, I can remember this right after it happened was mother's day. So um, all of that I think plays a role in that. And I just, I found it very strange that I was, uh, uh, not strange. I'm happy that I was able to identify the cycle because it allows me to process it a little bit. Um, and like I said, I think I said this at the beginning, this story is not going to be for everybody. And a lot of people might not want to listen to this. But if there are people out there that are struggling with that, I think this could be a very beneficial process for you to identify that the body can hold on to uh, trauma, traumatic events and the emotions that are associated with that. The physical body can hold on to that even if you are not thinking about it um, for sure. So those those are the things that I try to do. So The Body Keeps the Score. That is the book that I'm going to read. I just got told about it um, the other day. I have not read it yet, but that is one that I'm going to read. So if anybody has read it, like shoot me a message. Let me know what you thought about it. 
Um, but some of the stuff that I do to process it, like I said, um, the bioenergetic catharsis, dancing, moving, yelling, shaking the body, you know, letting that stuff come out. Breath work is another really, really good one for me to, to change my state. Um, Wim Hof breathing is really great. You could even do counted breathing for, for the anxiety, but just changing the way that you're breathing is, is super beneficial. Workouts always for me are one really good way because it's moving my body. So I went and ran, you do some, some deadlifts, do this and that, whatever. Exercise is a good way for me to work through that. Uh, the sauna is another good one. And honestly, ice baths, um, ice baths bring you so into the present moment and into your body that you have to focus on the way that you're breathing. So it really like dials in your brain. And there are some, uh, you know, there's some, some hormones and compounds released after an ice bath that are associated with a positive feeling. So dopamine, serotonin, things like that based on the breath work and uh, the response to the cold water. So those are all very useful tools in the toolkit along with therapy. Um, I did continue therapy for a while after that, but really, uh, for me, after I did the MDR and processed those, those limiting beliefs, um, and the core beliefs that I had along with the, the, the conscious trauma that I could find in my brain, there wasn't much of a need for it anymore, to be honest with you. So it's not something that you have to do forever. Once you start, it's not like you keep doing it forever. It's like, you, I literally looked at it as this is me optimizing myself. This is not me uh, being crazy and admitting that I'm crazy and can't deal with it. It's like, I want to deal with this better. This person can help me deal with it better. Okay, we've dealt with it better. Now I can move on. And that's really how it's been. So it's not an ongoing process forever. A lot of people do go forever, I think, but that's, that's fine. That's totally okay. I have a built-in therapist at home kind of, so I don't have to keep going forever. But, uh, yeah, so sometimes it's just going through and working on some specific issues that you have. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, Being able to identify the fact that there are sometimes reasons that are not, like, at the forefront of our mind that are making us feel a certain way in our body, it's, it's useful to be able to put your finger on that. That's what I keep saying because that's the feeling that I have. Like, once I could put my finger on it, it was much easier for me to understand and give myself a little bit more room to feel it and not be like, oh, God, why, like, ah, fighting it so hard, fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, but it's still there. That's That takes a lot of energy. So I know this was a, uh, a shorter episode, but I feel like that was pretty succinct and to the point. So, yeah, if anybody out there feels like they need to be able to, to process it give yourself the room to process it make the time make the space and uh, let it happen all right thanks guys we'll talk to you next thursday